Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Well, good morning and congratulations. You made it to Friday. Give yourself a pat on the back. It is September 15th, six minutes after nine. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. If you'd like to watch, we're both on YouTube right now. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Coming up later this hour, we're going to hear from Donald Trump as he talks about his son, Barron, which I find fascinating because Barron was shielded the entire time that Donald Trump was in office. also going to hear from Jamie Raskin as he won't answer the question if Kamala is the best possible VP running mate for Joe Biden. But of course, we're going to start off the hour with Hunter Biden and how he was indicted on federal gun charges. It's a special counsel, David Weiss, who uh, put down the indictment from his purchase of a gun in 2018. First time in history, the Justice Department has charged the child of a sitting president. Okay, so Casey, you have um, no doubt lived a very successful life, Mm -hmm. and you have no doubt uh, never, ever been through this scenario I'm about to lay out here. But for those of us who have not been as successful at everything as you have been, you ever ever have an experience (laughs) where you're given a task and you're in an unwinnable position on the task, like whatever you do, you're going to alienate someone or make something someone mad. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing just the one thing, which is the right thing, you try to what's the old Frank old saying? Split the baby. Yeah. And you try to make everyone happy, and then you end up making no, no one, one happy. happy. Yeah. And then to counteract the fact that no one is happy, you try to do something else, and then that may end up making someone happy, but you look ridiculous, and you look weak, and you <laughs> look like you're you're just trying to counteract the terrible decision you made in the beginning. Does, what I'm saying here, does that make sense? Kind of. Okay, so what, what happened here is the... In the Hunter Biden, the original Hunter Biden probe that somehow took five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly they drug this out deliberately. Clearly they tried to do something to say, hey, Hunter Biden has been charged. See, we're very serious about justice here. Yet do the bare minimum to ensure he didn't go to jail. And then that way they could say, well, we did something. And then Biden go, yeah, but look at this. It was just a drug addict guy. And he made some bad choices and everybody going their merry way. Well, the problem in all this is that that judge in the middle of the whole thing, because Hunter Biden's lawyers were so ridiculous. This is what this comes down to. Hunter Biden's lawyers with the the supposed calls to the court where they were pretending Mm -hmm. to be somebody other than who they were, them standing up in the hearing going, it does exempt him from future charges. They were not going to charge Hunter Biden with anything else. But for some reason, Hunter Biden's people decided to fight with the prosecutors on whether he could be charged with future crimes. Of course, Merrick Garland was not going to let Hunter Biden be charged with anything else. They totally forced the judge's hand on this. And the judge said, well, if you guys can't even agree whether he can be charged with something else, I'm certainly not signing off on all this. Get the hell out of my courtroom and don't come back until you got something better. And so it forced uh, Garland and the Justice Department to say, Okay, I guess we'll make this guy, you know, a special counsel now. And now Weiss is looking at this going, man, I got caught red-handed. I look pathetically weak. I've got to do something. Got to okay. charge him with something. Boom, let's go. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a joke. The whole thing is a joke. Hunter Biden, there is a just a 
massive amount of evidence on... I mean, hell, he's on video on this. Mm -hmm. There's no he said, she said. There's no Hunter Biden is totally out of control, uh, you know, according to his best friend, Max. Well, Max is a moron, too. No, he's on video doing the stuff in and around the time that he purchased this firearm where he lied and said he wasn't doing the stuff. Case closed. There's not a jury in the world who would not convict him based on his own Laptop. Well, it's really interesting because all of the networks now are covering this, including MSNBC and CNN. It's almost like they're happy about it because none of this leads to Joe. The gun case doesn't lead to right. Joe. Bingo. The no tax evasion indictment, the no foreign agent indictment, that would have led to Joe Biden. Yes. But and, the gun charge does not. And you are so spot on with this, Casey. And this is what you've always got to pay attention to what the hand on, under the table is doing, not the look up here. They they are caught now with Hunter Biden, right? Like they tried it. His attorney screwed up big time and fought this, you know, immunity going forward. And that ship has sailed. They recognize that Hunter Biden is going to have to go down for something. Mm -hmm. And their hope now, as Casey, she's both beautiful and brilliant, just pointed out to you, is that they get him on the gun charge. Yep. The, the hope is this will go away, and even if the Republicans keep pushing on this impeachment stuff, they're certainly not going to impeach Joe Biden, and people go, well, that matter is settled. Hunter Biden has paid his price for, you know, his, his crime, and it will do his, serve his, uh, you know, debt to society, whatever. It'll be a very low—he will probably go to prison, Casey. I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to let him not go to prison, but it'll be some low-level, you know, white-collar, minimum security— you know, basically country club type of place. And the hope is that Joe Biden and the just egregious sins in his pay for play scheme that he's been running for a very long time will, you know, just evaporate into the ether. Well, it's really interesting because back in May, Joe Biden said, you might recall how proud he was of Hunter. He's proud of his And he son. did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. He's so proud of him. Uh, many people saying that Joe Biden will not pardon his son. And at this point, hey, there's no way he could. No way. If he still wants to be president, there's no way that he could pardon his son. Now, Hunter is currently in California. This happened in Delaware. And Hunter's going to have to appear in court. Uh, but it's really not clear when or where this is going to take place. But something I wanted to point out to you, uh, well, let's all wait for that mugshot, right? This will be the one picture that Hunter will have his clothes on for. So I'm sure he's <laughs> he's really bummed out about that. But uh, the indictment, this three count indictment, alleges that he lied on the form when he purchased a 38 caliber Colt Cobra Special in Wilmington, Delaware. The gun that we see from the Hunter Biden laptop from hell, that's a Beretta. It's a totally different gun. Yeah, and look, apparently with this gun, the amount of evidence on this is overwhelming, including, I guess, when they confiscated the gun, one report that I read, so when they confiscated the gun, it was in a car with, when the gun was confiscated, it was in a car with drug paraphernalia. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's no... I mean, there's not a jury in the world, and I say confiscate, I guess, when, let me rephrase that. When Hunter Biden was rid of the gun, that is uh, that is the best way to, so let me restate that. When Hunter Biden rid himself of the gun, it was in a car that was loaded with all sorts of drug paraphernalia. Everybody knows what this guy, hell, he admitted it on national television. Mm-hmm. He admitted what he was doing. And I am not throw the book at some guy down on his luck who you know may have had a substance abuse issue 
But the problem is the left is the one are the ones who made any sort of gun issue a send them straight to the gallows type of offense. The left are the one who have the war on guns. So if you're going to have the war on guns Mm -hmm. and you got a guy who is very clearly violating gun laws, federal gun laws in this country, then you got to throw the book at him. No lenient sentence. I mean, I'm going by the left's playbook here. This guy clearly lied on the form. He was clearly using drugs Mm -hmm. and he should not have have been able to purchase that weapon. Well, the big problem here is that this is all designed to deflect attention away from the real problem, and that is the Biden family selling out U.S. foreign policy for their own family's private financial gain. That's the real issue. And even Donald Trump, he was uh, truthing out, saying all sorts of stuff about how, you know, this is just the Justice Department covering for the Bidens. And it's the only crime that Hunter committed that doesn't implicate Joe Biden. It is 15 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. It's after nine. You're listening to Kettle and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Donald Trump sat down with Megyn Kelly. This was for a serious XM interview. It aired on Thursday. And uh, it was the first time that the two sat down together since 2016 when they had that fight. But Donald Trump, interesting part about this interview is he was very open about not only Melania, but also Barron. Uh, Trump should stop doing interviews. We've talked about this many, many times, Casey. There is not there. Donald Trump, you uh, as a brilliant, long-standing, very successful broadcaster, know that in media, the goal of doing media should be the game, right? So let's say again, I'm just making this up. Let's say the uh, Rolling Stones are going to come back and play Indianapolis. Well. You know, Mick Jagger might do, or Keith Richards or Ron Wood might do, you know, a couple of interviews, either like with a, with a local TV station or call here at WIBC or whoever the concert promoter is, because the gain is, hey, we want people to come and it's free airtime and there is a positive of Ron Wood or Keith Richards or Mick Jagger doing a a five-minute interview with a local TV or radio station. They're not going to get asked any hard questions. It's not going to be like, you know, hey, tell us about the time you snorted Coke off your shoe or, you know, whatever. So there's no risk and there's high reward. With Trump, there's no reward for these interviews and it is high risk. And we're going to play some interesting clips from this, but there were a whole bunch of times in this interview, Casey. Yeah where he just looked off the stuff about Fauci mm-hmm. was awful where he just claims he doesn't know who gave Fauci the award which came from him yeah well and we'll get to that later in the hour because <laughs> we have Ron DeSantis totally debunking that I, so I just don't understand everybody knows who Donald Trump is unlike hey the who are coming back to Indianapolis or the Rolling Stones are coming you're telling people information that will benefit you personally Everyone knows who Donald Trump is. It's not like people are going to hear this interview with Megyn Kelly and go, well, I was kind of on the fence, but wow, I was totally wowed. Because Trump does not come off likable in these interviews because, as we've talked about before, Trump is an elixir salesman. Mm. He is the guy who says, step right up, see the three-headed monster, and buy the tonic that'll cure all the ills. And you hear him, Casey. Mm -hmm. 
and you believe that you're going to see a three-headed monster and buy the tonic that cures all the ills. Unless there's somebody on stage pushing back. Yeah. Well, In which case, three-headed monsters don't exist. Well, despite his recent indictments, he said that Melania has stayed away from the campaign trail and she's doing very well. And he described her as very strong, even keeled, and a good woman. She said He said that she's a really calm person and that's what people like about her. But I thought it was also fascinating that he was talking about Barron because, you know, when he was in the White House, Barron was shielded. We didn't see a lot of Barron and we didn't hear... It's good parenting. Right. We didn't hear a lot about Barron, but he was a little bit more open about his son, his youngest son, than I've heard him ever speak about him. And this is what he said. She's very... uh She's a very calm person. It's very interesting. And I think that's what people like about her. Uh, dinners are nice. Dinners are like other people's dinners. You get along. We get along. We actually get along very well. What's happening with Barron? Is he going off to Barron's, college? And yes. how do you choose one? Because they all hate all Republicans, never mind one named Trump. Barron's a, a very good athlete. He's very tall. He is tall. How tall is he? About 6'8". And... Uh, and he's a good kid, you know, he's a good-looking kid. He's a he's a good student, great student, actually, very good student. You want him to go to Wharton? Where do you want him to go? No, we're, I, we're thinking about that right now. That's mm-hmm. the, Those are the things we're talking about right mm. now. Imagine being Baron Trump and going, being a freshman in college next year. I, my favorite part of that clip, though, Casey, is how he tries to paint his dinners like other people's dinners. Right. As though, do you think Donald Trump in his entire life has ever gone into his freezer and said, uh, man, what do we... What do we have? Well, I guess I'll just have this hungry man's TV yeah, right. TV dinner. Melania, what would you like? Oh, you'd like the casserole? Great. I'll, I'll take the I'll we're, take the salt. We're gonna have the Costco frozen pizza tonight. Oh, come on, no. no, no yeah, our, our dinners are like everyone else's dinners. Yeah, sure. And then afterwards, who's gonna load the dishwasher? <laughs> <laughs> you do the dishes. I made the dinner. You clean up. Okay. Serious question. Yeah. Could Donald Trump, if you right now, you dropped him into your your palatial seven-story mansion that <laughs> sure. you have sure. on, the, on the west side mm-hmm. here of the city. It gets bigger and bigger every day, too. I like that. And you said you must... Uh, Okay, here's an example. Farmer Ryan dropped us off. Our dear friend, Farmer Ryan Schleeman of Freedom Foods, Indiana, Mm -hmm. dropped us off some frozen uh, dinners. They're excellent. Like, you put them in the oven. Mm -hmm. They're not like TV dinners. Um, Could, if you told Donald Trump you have to make this frozen lasagna... Uh-huh. Could he do it? Could he use an oven? Could, <laughs> could he read he the directions and, and do it? Could he do it? I think he could. I mean, he's smart. He's a do you smart think so? Guy. He could follow well, the what, instructions. But it's what the, he wouldn't know, though, just like he could, on he his couldn't, own. He couldn't do it. You think he could work his way through it, but he could not. Yeah. Could Donald Trump pump his own gas? Probably. I think so. Could Donald Trump drive his own car? Mm, yeah, I think so. Boy, you're giving him a lot of credit. Yeah. And I'm not saying to be negative. I'm just saying, like, your world is... Your world is your world. Mm -hmm. And when do you think the last time he actually had to drive an automobile was? When do you think was the last time he actually had to get out and pump gas was? Has Donald Trump ever in his entire life, adult life, had to use a stove on his own? Sure. Has he ever gone to the grocery store and had to do the checkout? There, and then again, it's no fault of anybody's own. It, it, it is You should make as much money as you can. I'm not saying this to be negative. But it really, as we have this conversation, is an example of how there are two mm-hmm. Americas. Like the life we live, he has no semblance of understanding or, you know, connection to. 
I mean, it really is the the haves and the, and there's levels of haves and there's levels of have nots. But boy, we we do live in very different worlds, don't we? Yeah. During the same interview, uh, Megyn Kelly was asking Donald Trump about Joe Biden and if he's too old. And Donald Trump said he's not too old to serve. He's just grossly incompetent. Now that Joe Biden's in the office, um, there was just a poll out. 77% of Americans say that Joe Biden at age 80 is too old to be president. Are they right? No, not not for the reason of old, because I have many friends that are in their 80s. I have friends, Bernie Marcus, that are in their 90s and they're sharp as a tack. Just, I mean, I would say just about what they used to be. Uh, No, not old. He's incompetent. Age is interesting because some people are very sharp and some people do lose it, but you lose it at 40 and 50 also. Uh, But uh, no, he's not too old at all. He's uh, grossly incompetent. You look at some of the great age. You look at some of the great world leaders. They were in their 80s and they did. I mean, Churchill, so many people, uh, they were phenomenal in their 80s. You know, there's a great wisdom if you're. If you're not uh, in a position like him, but if you go back 25 years, he wasn't the sharpest tech either. <laughs> he wasn't smart even when he was young. Well, as someone who's about to be 40, <laughs> I can tell you, you certainly can lose it at 40 years old. Absolutely. 77% of voters say that Biden is too old for four more years. But as Donald Trump pointed out, and it's something we've said, it, it's not necessarily age. It's the competency. And it's 27 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Representing nearly 150,000 auto workers launched a strike early this morning against the big three U.S. automakers, General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis. 9.33, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So they failed to reach a contract agreement before the deadline, which was set by the union at 11.59 last night. All right, so look, we've been through this, and we'll be through it again, and somebody's going to get mad hearing this, but that's what we do here. If you are one of these people, now, Indiana, it's my understanding, is not on strike yet. They are rolling this thing out, and Indiana has not been impacted as of the time we are making this announcement, uh, but inev- inevitably, if it isn't solved, they will be. The Oftentimes, when it is a professional sports, maybe being one of the exceptions, because that's millionaires fighting with billionaires. But oftentimes, when there is a labor struggle against mega corporations, by default, people are sympathetic to labor, no matter what the issue is. Why? Because, well, you're making 90000 a year, and this guy is a gajillionaire. And so it's like Mr. Burns against Homer Simpson type of thing. In this case, though, and I've heard this quite a bit, And again, you can be mad at me, you can be angry at me, you can call me names, get in line. When you are offered at least a 20% pay raise, which is what Reuters reported, and no one has refuted that that I've seen publicly, over four and a half years, which is just under 5% a year, guaranteed, Mm -hmm. and you are willing, 
in your industry, which you know, which is why they're doing it. Let's be honest with each other. They're doing this because they know they will inflict pain on not just the industry in which they are in, but I heard a statistic on WIBC News this morning that every one job for this UAW affects six jobs across the country. People are going to look at this and go, dude, you got offered a 20% pay increase and you are screwing up my job. I am not sympathetic to you. Now, that may be a very direct, hard thing. And I know we have many fine listeners who are potentially going to be impacted by this. I'm telling you how society is viewing this. Society sees 20% and then society sees your decision, which you know, and the union leadership is calculating this in because they always do, is going to dramatically wreck large portions of the economy. You're not getting sympathy on this one, and it's rare because normally they do. Okay, so the union is doing what's called a stand-up strike, where not all of the members strike at once. Right now, they have approximately 12,700 union workers, including ones at GM in Wentzville, Missouri, Stellantis in Toledo, Ohio, and also Fort Wayne, uh, a Michigan plant, or Ford's Michigan plant, not Fort Wayne, sorry. Um, So they're not all doing this at once. But the uh, leader of them said that this fight is our generation's defining moment. Oh, give me a break. Like these, it's hard to find bull. I can't say that. Bull crap, Casey. (laughs) These are the things that are just enrage people. The economy for regular people is in shambles. We've done multiple reports about the buying power of the middle class. We've done multiple reports about the shrinking wage of the middle class. We have done multiple reports about the shrinking median income of the middle class. And the average person is looking at this, and we're going to get into another example of this, of government uh, doling out raises that I saw last night, where you people live on like like a treasure island, is that the Peter Pan one? Mm-hmm. Treasure Island, right? Like you think like Tinkerbell and Captain Hook and Peter Pan are floating around out there because 20% guarantee, guaranteed, mm-hmm. much less job security, mm-hmm. guaranteed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who would kill for job security for the yeah. next four years, much less a, a 20% pay increase. Right. I'm, I, I'm As you said, I am telling, telling you, you right, right now. now. <laughs> So the union demanded a 46% pay increase combined over the four-year duration of the new contract, as well as 32-hour work week at uh, 40 hours. Can you imagine saying, I want a 20% pay increase, and I only want to go to work four Mm -hmm. days a week? Yeah. This is what I'm saying. It, It is... They are so, and they don't care because it's about their pocketbook. And they're, the gamble here is that they can outlast this or get the union members to last this long enough that they can get more. But man, I'm telling you, if you stop the average person on the street, Neverland is Peter Pan. Thank you. Perfect. You were wrong. Sorry. You misled the public, Casey. <laughs> I look to you for information. See, this is why the YouTube chat is there. Neverland is Peter Pan. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Point is, if you stop the average person on the street and you said someone is willing to strike, if they don't get a 20% pay increase and they only want to work four days out of the week, the average person is going to look at you and go, you get the, you know what, out of mm-hmm. here. Okay, so let's talk about what got cheaper and what got more expensive at the grocery store last month. Uh, because everybody's keeping an eye on the cost at the grocery store. And overall, inflation heated up. However, there was a little bit of relief at the grocery store. <laughs> when I say a little, I mean tiny, 0.2%. Okay, so bacon prices, they were up by 
by 4% last month. And uh, overall, pork prices increased by 2%. So if you're that person who loves bacon, guess what? You're not getting any relief with bacon. Well, and and apparently... Um, the price of a whole bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. is going back up, especially in the world of materials. I had a conversation uh, this morning, and it was a good conversation. Uh, one of the very rare good conversations with I have with that I have with someone in government, and uh, this person is in the home building industry, mm. and he was talking about. Um, he's also a you know part-time community leader, and he was saying how the price of lumber for him, he builds homes, that's he's in the home building industry, and he was talking about the dramatic increase he is seeing again in lumber. Sure. And so it's like this totally bizarro world where nothing seems to get on the same page. And when you have these erratic flips in prices in all sorts of industries, you create complete instability in the economy. And that's not good for anyone. Yeah. So the price of bacon hit a record high, $2.37 a pound last month. But other things still extremely high frozen juices and drinks up 20 percent compared to a year ago so uh, okay so let's just talk about this your breakfast right i know this isn't you because you don't like greasy foods yeah i don't eat breakfast bacon and eggs and juice but if you were to do that bacon is up juice up 20 percent eggs however did fall just a little bit by 2.5 percent um and so they were down 18 percent compared to last year do you remember when people were making all the jokes about the eggs yeah he went to kroger with a picture of an egg in a jewelry (laughs) box um hot dog prices also coming down uh prepared salads are coming down and butter coming down as well but uh if you like that bacon which is, of course, the world's greatest food. Yeah. You're paying more for it. Sorry for your luck. <laughs> Thankfully, you're very wealthy. And you'll be able to offset any mm-hmm. bacon price increases. Okay, so earlier you had mentioned, uh, we were talking about Donald Trump, and you had mentioned how, um, you know, he gave Dr. Fauci that commemorative award. What, yeah. what, what was, was that? Some sort some... of presidential, what was it? What's the name? Whatever it was. It was some big deal. Remember, he, uh, presidential, was it the medal? Commendation. Yes, yes. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. And it was a huge deal, and Megyn Kelly asked him about that mm-hmm. in the interview, and it was the most ridiculous answer, and this is the thing with Trump. He just lies with impunity. He knows who gave it to Fauci. His name's on it. Sure. He gave it to Fauci. Okay, and well. He, then he plays stupid. He's like, I have no idea. I don't know where that came from. Uh, it, from you. But Ron DeSantis, <laughs> who celebrated a birthday yesterday and who is now polling at 12%, he had a few words about Trump's false attacks over COVID and his excuses for not firing Anthony Fauci. Here's the thing. I fought against Fauci when he was popular. It's easy for Republicans to to, to ding him now because he's unpopular with the broader electorate. Back then, Donald Trump used to cite Fauci's poll numbers as a reason why Fauci was somebody that should be listened to. He said, Fauci's got these great poll numbers, but we're listening to Fauci. Why don't we have the same poll numbers? And his campaign for reelection in October of 2020 They were running videos where Fauci is bragging 
that Donald Trump did everything I told him to do. They were putting that out as a positive message for their candidate. And then, of course, he did give Fauci a presidential commendation his last day in office. Megan asked him about it, and, and he said, like, what was that? Was that the immaculate commendation that just happened to happen? It said Donald Trump awards Fauci this commendation. So I thought it was really pathetic to, to sit there and listen to that drivel. Um, it, is, it is totally false. So this is what you've been saying for a while. For- I, don't, I don't get. I don't get why the only Trump people are okay with this. Like he did it. It's mm-hmm. not smear. It's not. This is not uh, Fanny. What you talking about, Willis? This is not Jack Smith, the deranged prosecutor. This is stuff Trump actually did. And anytime you you uh, point this out to someone, they just don't care. Yeah, which is amazing to me. It is 943. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And the Democrat Party seems to be turning just a little bit on Kamala Harris. And we've got the evidence coming up from 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You got me running, going out of my mind. It is 947. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. On 93 WIBC, so CNN's Anderson Cooper was speaking with Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker Emerita, uh, and they were talking about President Biden. And <laughs> what, he, what'd you just call her? Speaker Emerita. Uh, <laughs> Is that what they call you if you've been the Speaker and you are no longer? Super Speaker. The Speaker? I guess. That's what they're calling her. Okay, interesting. I did not see. I learned something new. She's today. getting a, a fancy title. Uh, but they were talking about Joe Biden and would he be the best Democratic candidate? to defeat Donald Trump. And of course, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi saying he's got great experience and wisdom. He has a vision for the country. It's fairness and justice. But then they started talking about Kamala Harris. And uh, Anderson Cooper asked if Kamala is the best running mate for Joe Biden. And uh, well, here's the non-answer from Nancy Pelosi. President Kamala Harris, the best running mate for this president? He thinks so. And that's what matters. And by the way, so? she's very politically astute. I don't think people give her enough credit. Uh, she's, of course, values-based, consistent with the president's values and the rest. And uh, people don't understand, she's politically astute. Why would she be vice president if she were not? But when she was running for uh, attorney general in California, she had 6% in the polls. 6% in the polls. And she politically astutely made her case about why she would be good, did her politics, and became attorney general. So don't people shouldn't underestimate what Kamala Harris brings to the table. But do you think she is the, the best running mate, though? She's the vice president of the United States. So when people say to me, well, why isn't she doing this or that? I said, because she's the vice president. That's the job description. You don't do that much. You know, you, you know, you, you, you're a, a source of strength, inspiration, intellectual resource, and the rest. And you, and she, I think she's represented our country very well at home and abroad. She's the vice president. You don't do much. 
but she's doing it. She's doing a bang up job at that. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Isn't it amazing how these people just cannot be honest on both sides? Like you, the same thing with Mitch McConnell. No, he's fine. Yeah, the doctor cleared him. It's great. I think he's very together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she's the vice president. By the way, I love how they act like vice being vice president is some sort of bulletproof defense against being a complete moron. Let's review who the last several vice presidents have been. Shall we? Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's go back. I think, Casey, it would be fair to say if we do a 40-year recap of the last of the 40, last 40 years of vice presidents, that should give us a pretty good sample size, right? I, I, I am ready to be impressed by you. Uh, George H.W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Anyone going to confuse that guy for a rocket scientist? No, absolutely not. Fine, served his country. Great, we appreciate that. But he was a complete train wreck for this country as the head of the CIA, and we don't have enough time to get into the Bush family atrocities. Then Al Gore. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm sorry. Then Dan Quayle. Oh, yeah. Guy couldn't spell potato. Potato. Okay. Sure. So we've gone Bush, Quayle, mm-hmm. then Al Gore. Mm-hmm. Again. He invented the internet. The, the, yes, the man who once claimed to have invented the internet. Mm-hmm. Then Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. So we've got Bush, Quayle, mm-hmm. Gore, mm-hmm. Cheney, mm-hmm. Biden. <laughs> That's when the wheels fell off. Biden, and then the one after that was Pence, and as weird as this sounds, and mm-hmm. it's such a low bar we have to hop over, Pence might have been the most competent one of all. <laughs> uh, the vice president, nobody, nobody should actually want to be vice president because it, it is a it is a dead end job. Like you don't. Make well, it, it used to be like a stepping stone to the presidency, but it, nah, I don't know. I mean, like you look at there have not been a lot of vice presidents who have become president of the United States. I mean, if you think back in the history of this country, now Johnson obviously did by default. Ford did by default. Mm -hmm. But in terms of uh, Eisenhower certainly was not. Nixon, there was a huge gap between him being vice president and being president. Uh, You know, he lost a race for governor of California. It's a dead-end job. You don't do anything, Casey. You don't craft public policy. You're you're totally subservient to the president. You're basically in line with the president in terms of popularity. And usually after eight years, which is what Gore found out, that if you indeed serve eight years as the same party, people are kind of just done with with that party for a while, right? Mm -hmm. They want somebody new in in their household. So it's really hard if you actually desire to be president to make it as as vice president. Okay, so Jake Tapper from CNN, they're just lining up all the Democrats over there and getting their take on this. He had Jamie Raskin on, who is, you know, the biggest Biden cheerleader out there. And he asked the same question pretty much on whether he believed that Kamala Harris is the best option for Joe Biden to be his running mate in 24. And he he won't say yes. He is less than enthusiastic about Kamala Harris remaining on the ticket. Check this out. It's not a no one's making about personalities. I mean, like, it's just a simple question. Do you think Kamala Harris is the best running mate for President Biden? You've said she's excellent. That's farther than Speaker Pelosi went. But do you think she's the best? I'm not trying to throw anything into turmoil. I, I actually think it's a pretty simple question. Do you think Kamala Harris is the best running mate for President Biden? Yes or no? 
I mean, I don't know what else I can say other than she you can would say be yes. an excellent running mate and an excellent vice president. Um, I don't know whether President Biden has named his uh, running mate. We're going to a convention uh, next summer. It's uh, you know a year away from now. Um, and we're going to go through that process. So, I mean, the, um, you say, I don't know why you can say the answer is you could say yes. You could say yes. I think Kamala Harris is the best vice president and the best running mate for President Biden. That, that, that's the, the answer you could be giving right now. Yes, she is. So I've not seen any public opinion polling. Um, you know, I, you might be a stronger vice presidential uh, running mate than her or me or anybody else. I don't know who else, if you're talking about the polling, but I will tell you as a matter of substance and public policy, she'd be an excellent choice. Wow. And she and the president have done an excellent job. <laughs> he four times, four times in that clip, he would not say yes. He was asked four times if she was a, a good vice president, if she should remain on the ticket. And four times he did not answer. I, it, it just is amazing. These people's unwillingness to answer a just very direct and important question. Mm-hmm. Do you think she's the best? Uh, no, I don't. Hey, next topic for us, Casey. Right, yes like, or no. But he wouldn't go there. Of course, she uh, you know, she was named the border czar, and she just recently said that their strategy is working. Despite the numbers going up, she compared it to weather, how it's going to fluctuate from time to time. And, of course, you recall uh, how she compared 9-11 to January 6th. Yes. And there's the everyday word salad from the vice president uh if you would like to actually see casey has put a uh baseball cap on Mm -hmm. um i think you're going to get in trouble later today casey because susan beckwith will be with us for the mind your manners segment and we're going to be talking about hat etiquette etiquette i know and uh i did not know this until recently there are different rules for women wearing hats than men however if you would like to see casey right now looking incredibly beautiful (laughs) in a uh, donald trump uh, baseball hat you can just head over to youtube you just type Kendall and Casey into your uh, uh, search bar there, and you will be able to see Casey's uh, incredible physique and headwear uh, in the same shot. You know, the thing is, once you put a baseball cap on, you can't take it off. At least I can't, because then I'll have hat head. You're just going to go around the whole day? All day like this. I think you should go into several very liberal strongholds across the city wearing <laughs> that See what happens? Hat. I'll report back and let you know. It is five minutes away from 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Oh, man.